Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpy. And I'm Pete Torpy. The best part of Android is if you don't like the UI that comes with your phone, you can completely remove that Android version and install something known as a custom ROM, which most of the time is based on stock Android. It is not easy to do this, but it can be done. In last week's episode, we talked about what's new in Apple's iOS devices, and this week we'll be talking about the status of Android devices. The accessibility of Android devices has continued to improve over the years, and it is now a viable option for those who are visually impaired. We'll speak with Austin Pinto, whom you just heard, Warren Carr, and Mariam Mosin from the Blind Android Users team about how Android has evolved over time, as well as about recently introduced accessibility features. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip comes from Warren Carr. In our tip of the week, I want to show you how to go about creating a folder. We primarily have two methods of doing so. The first one would be to long press an item and slowly move it till you hear it says, Create Folder With. The second method would be to invoke the talkback menu then find and tap on where it says Actions, tap on that, and then tap on Move. And now, move your finger till you find the item you want to create a folder with, and double tap to create that folder. This week, we'd like to recognize the Audio Reader Network, an audio information service serving Kansas and Missouri on their 50th anniversary. The organization, which broadcasts readings of newspapers, magazines, and books for print-disabled individuals, kicks off a year of celebration November 5th. Details about Audio Reader, the 50th anniversary celebration, and ways to access services are on their website at reader.ku.edu. Congratulations. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Let's start by meeting Austin, Warren, and Mariam. We have three guests with us today to talk about Android and what's new in Android. And maybe, Austin, you can start by introducing yourself because you contacted us initially about this. Hi, everyone. This is Austin Pinto from Mumbai, India. I and Warren had co-founded this podcast and we had founded it with the mission that we wanted to be like how Apple Viz is for the iPhone, the iOS. We want to be the same for Android. And what is the name of your podcast? It's Blind Android Users. And Warren, as co-founder of this effort, can you introduce yourself? Hi, so I'm Warren Carr from the state of Washington and about a year ago, Austin and I started Blind Android Users Podcast. And Mariam, as the third member that we'll be talking to today, can you introduce yourself? Um, okay, so my name is Mariam Lawson. I am from Egypt. Um, I joined the podcast about like seven or eight months ago. Blind Android Users 
is obviously a multinational group. We are hearing today from somebody from India, somebody from the United States, somebody from Egypt. I assume you're all blind also. Yeah. (laughs) Support for Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Find out more about partnership opportunities by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is the accessibility features of Android devices and how they have evolved. Well, Warren, let's start out by talking a little bit about the Blind Podcasters Group and tell us what your mission is. So the mission of Blind Android Users It's basically to make sure that blind people who are either transitioning from another platform or people who are simply trying to learn Android for the first time or people who have been in Android for quite a while and want to learn some advanced parts of Android, blind Android users exist, therefore, to meet those needs. And so if one goes to our website, which is blindandroidusers.com, that happens to be our statement or mission statement. Android systems have come a long way in the past few years. There used to be issues with TalkBack and Braille, and I think they've gotten more and more usable by the visually impaired community over time. And I'm guessing that Android systems are pretty much on par with iOS devices in terms of accessibility. Is that a correct assessment, Miriam? Well, um, as a person who have been using Android for a long time, um, I feel like I felt the change and I felt like how Android, you know, got from good to better. Some people might say that Android is not, you know, as good as iOS or some stuff like that. I would say like, okay, I don't feel like anyone should judge Android without trying it out and, you know, testing it out and seeing how good and flexible it is. A lot of stuff has gotten developed through the years and it's still being developed. And I feel like having lots of companies, I mean, the main company is Google, but having lots of companies on the side is is totally important because they would have contacts and also new ideas to develop Android and new phones. I guess it's interesting, as you pointed out, there are numerous companies and organizations working with variants of Android systems. And One thing about iOS devices is the experience is exactly the same from device to device, but I take it that's not the case with Android devices. Every phone manufacturer may have their own flavor of Android or their own customizations. Is that right, Austin? Yeah, that is the benefit of Android. It's really customizable. Like the major part of Android is there are two screen readers. One is TalkBack, one is CSR. So if you don't like TalkBack, now, full form of CSR is commentary screen reader. So if you don't like uh, TalkBack, you can switch to CSR, which is a very feature-rich screen reader, more features than TalkBack. So you can switch to CSR if you don't like. That is not a thing on iOS. If you don't like voiceover, very sad. You have to stay with voiceover. What are some of the main differences between TalkBack and CSR? I am... Um like a full user right now, full-time user of CSR. CSR is actually much more customizable and flexible than uh, TalkBack. What CSR kind of specializes in is the process of editing text. And also it has a 
OCR engine that is into the screener itself. So people don't need to install third-party apps to use that. What does CSR stand for? It stands for Commentary Screen Reader. And is that a built-in part of the operating system or something that's easy to get or you have to buy from a third-party developer? Well, sadly, it's not a, it's not a built-in in the operating system itself. Um, you'd need to install it on its own. But on, on the other side, actually, Google Talkback is built-in. So that's kind of a bonus point for Talkback, I would say. So at least you can get going either way. Yeah. <laughs> can one of you tell us about the Braille support in Android devices these days? That used to be problematic years ago, and I assume it's improved quite a bit. Hi, Warren here. Now, the Braille support in Android has been a very sticky uh, point for quite a while now. And indeed, it is still a problem in some sense. And that very problem has to do with independently uh, padding pages or scrolling once one gets to the end of a page. And that has been the sticky point. And uh, the guys there are trying to make things work, and um, I'm looking forward to when we'll be able to uh, make that happen. Now, there are some Braille devices out there that would let you actually independently uh, pan those pages without needing to touch your screen to move to the next uh, page or next screen or, and things like that. But I don't have any of those, so I cannot attest to that, but that's the case. Besides that, Braille is coming along pretty well, and I'm looking forward to when it becomes something that uh, would be use, usable for everybody, because in its current stage, I probably will not necessarily recommend it to someone who is deaf, uh, for instance, and rely uh, exclusively on that Braille input. Now, sometimes typing on an iOS or an Android device or smartphone in general can be kind of problematic. What is the typing experience like on the onboard screen? So with the onboard screen keyboards in Android, and this is the beauty of Android, you know, if you're not happy with a particular keyboard, you could switch to a different keyboard. So we have several uh, keyboards on the Android uh, system. And I do want to say here in passing that of late, the one thing that many people wanted but we didn't have outside of third-party keyboards was the ability to do the double tapping to input a text. And that finally got introduced as of TalkBack 12.1 and making it possible for one to choose as to whether he or she would rather want to do a lift to type or double tap to insert. So... That is a game changer for Android. And so one does not necessarily need to use a third-party keyboard like the blind accessibility keyboard in order to be able to get the double tap to input characters. Now, iOS devices have a built-in Braille keyboard. Is that an option in Android devices? We finally do have a Braille input in Android and that is found within the TalkBack menu. That's how one goes about setting it up. Well, maybe one of you would like to talk about some of the new accessibility features in the latest Android operating system. What can people look for in this latest release? Okay, so I will talk about it because I have Android 12.5 
uh, better running. And so we have some things that we talked about in our last episode of our podcast last week. And some of those things have to do with the fact that we can now adjust volume using the accessibility input. And we could also change the speed or the rate. And it will tell you what rate you're on instead of just saying faster or slower. But another thing that I want to talk about has to do with changing the accessibility volume or the media volume. If I want to simply quickly mute my accessibility volume, that's my screen reader volume, or the media volume, I could do that right from the screen wherever I'm at by simply tapping the up or down volume and then long pressing the volume in question and simply drag it down or drag it up. Can you show us how that works? Yes. So if I hit the up or down volume, the volume controls pop up on the right-hand side. And among those volume controls, we have things like media, accessibility, ringer, and notifications, and things like that. So, for instance, if I want to turn down my accessibility volume, and that's my screen reader volume, all I have to do is find that long press on it and then just drag it down or up. I will show you what I'm talking about. I'll hit the down volume. Sound settings. Now I will find the accessibility volume. Media volume, pixel launcher, fold media volume, control 72, sound settings, 71%, accessibility, slider. If I double tap and I'm sliding my finger down. Media volume, tap to check. 7 pixel on media volume controls, 72%, media, 70, tap to change ringer mode, 72, sound settings, button, fold, accessibility volume controls, 64%, 50%, accessibility, and I'm slowly going down, and now I'm going to slightly slide up, 66%, accessibility, slider, so see, I can go up and down. Accessibility. The same thing is true with the media volumes. And that's the one thing that we really like, most especially as TalkBack introduced that with the Android 12.5 beta. And also, this can also be found as long as you have the Android 12.1. Oh, that's a great feature because it's important to be able to control the volume of talkback in your accessibility features versus the volume of your media items or your ringtone, etc. That isn't as straightforward to do on iOS devices. Yes, and so we're happy to see that. And also, there's the ringer and notification. You could uh, also do the same thing or simply mute those. And, of course, you guys on iOS do have that button on the side that we don't have on Android. Of course, if one is using uh, phones like the OnePlus that does have that type of uh, hardware control, we don't have that on most Android phones. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah, we don't. So your volume is controlled by buttons on the touchscreen, not physical buttons. 
No, no, we do have physical buttons. But what I'm saying, for instance, if you want to use a hardware button to put your phone on a mute or silent or vibration, only one phone that I know, which is the OnePlus on the Android side of things, has that capability. Other than that, my Pixel phone, for example, that I'm using now does not have that. And so if I want to put my Pixel phone on uh, silent mode, I have to either use a do not disturb or use that that I just demonstrated a little while ago. So that's pretty cool. What other neat new access features are there in Android? Okay, we have some other new items here that also come with Android 12 and also with TalkBack 12.1. Something called the window, focus window. In other words, I can quickly jump to, let's say, the status bar on the top where we have things like the time and the battery strength and, you know, uh, phone strength and all of that. That is also found in new TalkBack. As for the uh, Android system itself, the one biggest part that we have that we're excited about is the fact that the privacy now is more granular than it used to be because on Android, it's either you allow all or you don't. Now, with the introduction of Android 10, or I may even go back to Android 9, things started getting a little bit better. And now with Android 12, we have the total control to where even if you don't use an app for quite a while, it will just totally disable that app for a while. And then when you want to use it, it'll come back to life again. So those are some of the changes that we have with Android 12 is focus on privacy. And it's something that we're really enjoying. We talked a little bit earlier about the fact that many manufacturers and phone providers have slightly different flavors of Android. Can you talk about the major differences between these different flavors of Android operating systems and if people should be aware of any major differences? Well, it's not a huge difference, I would say, but the thing is um, every single company has its own, you know, app set of applications or things that they'd like to put in a phone. For instance, for me, I would say about Samsung as, as a manufacturer, they mainly use the Android system, but they might change the launcher. You know, they put some additional stuff for accessibility. Like for instance, we back used to have the um, voice assistant as a screen reader, uh, as an additional screen reader from Samsung, but now we don't, we have the talkback. Some other companies might just use, you know, an Android from, from scratch. So that's like the kind of thing you won't find any problems, I would say, but you would find a slightly different UI uh, with every single brand or every single company. Um, some of them might not be accessible with, you know, volume controls or launchers or whatever settings might be, might look different. But the main system is still Android. So it's basically the window dressing around the UI yeah. and how exactly people use specific applications. Exactly. I would like to add to this that people should be aware that if they buy a phone from Xiaomi or Poco, these two manufacturers are not available in the U.S. You can get it, but they're not like mainstream available in the U.S. 
their phones have a lot of ads and you can kill those ads but they are a little problem to the accessibility on android they have ads and they have a lot of bloatware bloatware is unwanted applications but the best part of android is if you don't like the ui that comes with your phone you can completely remove that android version and install something known as a custom rom which most of the time is based on stock android it is not easy to do this but it can be done i guess that sounds like jailbreaking iphones it can be done but it's a little tricky yeah that is that is correct <laughs> yeah yeah it's pretty much the same not for the faint of heart no and i do want to add here in passing that one does not, if you don't want to root your phone, for example, but you want to have a better experience on Android, we have something called a launcher, and that can make a huge difference. For instance, if you want to have something that has the feel of the Pixel launcher, then we have several launchers there, which makes your phone feel as though you are using a Google Pixel phone or something like that. For instance, if you're not happy with what your Xiaomi phone launcher has, or if you're not happy with your Samsung launcher, one could use the Pixel-based Android launchers to further customize their phones and give them that feel of the Pixel phone. So that's another beauty of the Android platform. And this launcher is essentially a wrapper around the boot system that comes up with a slightly different UI? So let's think of the launcher as your desktop on your computer. Um, you know, we have manufacturers like, you know, Dell and Sony and all of that. The desktop may look the same. However, they may have some things on there that belong specifically to that company. But if you use a separate launcher, now all of a sudden it takes away those from your home screen. So you're not having things you don't want to see. And that's what that launcher does. So it gives you a cleaner look on your device. Got it. Well, you can certainly tell that Austin, Warren, and Mariam are enthusiastic about Android, and in particular about the flexibility of that operating system. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about using the Android operating system, about the Blind Android Users podcast, and how to contact their team directly. So tell us a little bit about your podcast. Is this a weekly podcast? Is it a live streaming thing where people can ask questions? What's it like? So our podcast is a weekly podcast. We record on Saturdays. Unfortunately, as of now, it is not live streamed on YouTube, but we have a YouTube channel. And what we do is on Sundays, after we edit the podcast and finalize everything, we make small segments of the podcast and that gets uploaded to YouTube. So if people don't want to see the long podcast, they can just see short segments and the whole podcast is there, but it's in a short segment form. And where can this podcast be found? This podcast can be found on our website, that is blindandroidusers.com. It can be found on our YouTube channel, that is youtube.com slash blindandroidusers. And it can also be found on all the popular podcasting applications. 
If people want to contact the team, how would they do that? If you want to contact the team, you can fill out the feedback form on the website. You can send us an email to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. And you can also join our mailing lists, which is a growing group of all Android users. We do sometimes discuss other technology, but 99.9% is all Android. So send a blank email to blind Android users plus subscribe at groups.io. We have a Telegram group and Twitter and all that, Clubhouse, and the information will be on our website. And I guess those are great resources for people using Android devices to ask questions about other people who are using Android devices who are using some of the accessibility features. Yeah. What other resources might you recommend for people using Android devices or thinking about making the switch to an Android device? They can read up on Google accessibility articles. We have some very few articles on our website and uh, we will write more so they can read that. But Google has covered up some of the, like the starting guide on how to switch from iPhone to Android. Well, that could be helpful. I also want to add that on our website, we have a different set of forms that people could ask questions on um, about different stuff, whether it's the comment as screen reader or different subjects that are related to Android. If people had questions for any of you, do you want to share your personal email addresses? Absolutely. We wouldn't mind sharing our email addresses. And my email address is simply w-a-r-c-a-r-r at gmail.com. So wocar, w-a-r-c-a-r-r at gmail.com. And Miriam? My email address is simply m-a-r-i-a-m. M-O-H-S-E-N 789-789 at gmail.com. So it's simply my name, Austin, my name, 789-789 at gmail.com. And Austin? I think I have the longest email address in between all of them. So my email address is A-U-S-T-I-N-P-I-N-T-O, then dot X-A-V-I-E-R-S at gmail.com. I noticed on your website, because of course we always do our homework, that you have a really cute logo for your podcast. Can you talk about that? My wife actually designed that logo for our website. My wife happens to be an artist. Uh, She teaches art at schools here in Central Washington area. And what is it? So, (laughs) um. You know, to be honest, I don't remember. I think it's like someone with a with a can or Nancy. <laughs> would you tell us what you see? <laughs> there's pros and cons to interviewing blind people about their own website. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a hand drawn sketch of a globe that is intended to depict a head. So this globe has a big smiling face and dark glasses, and is holding a cane in one hand and a smartphone in the other. That's it. And it is adorable. That's it. And that's uh, kudos to Julia for doing that. And if you're looking for their websites, you can see the logo for yourself or interested in any of the other contact information you just heard. Just go to the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. 
That's it for show number 2145. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about running with Google Project Guideline. Google's Project Guideline is an early stage research project aimed at enabling people with vision loss to run independently. We'll speak with Bill Ma, Director of IT and Operations, and Jesse DiNapoli, Manager of Admissions at Guiding Eyes for the Blind, about how their blind CEO, Thomas Panic, has used the app to run on his own. And if you don't want to miss that episode, subscribe to the new Eyes on Success YouTube channel and you'll be able to join us next week. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. You can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the podcast, and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. If you have questions about anything you've heard on the show or have suggestions for future shows, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. Thank you for listening and have a nice day.